Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. Good morning, family. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Shane Turner, and I'm part of the eldership team at the Elias Park congregation. And it is really such a privilege to be able to share the word with us here this morning, which I'm sure for many of us is our last Sunday service before we take leave or go on on holidays for the December period. Can you believe that 2023 has come to an was coming to an end already? Hey? What a year it has been. To think that the Moikloof congregation was only planted earlier this year, six months ago. And look what the Lord has already done in these past six months. And if we look back at what the Lord has done, it gives us hope and an expectation for what He's going to do in the next six months, and the next six months, and the next six months. Because He is faithful. He is faithful to His people. And on behalf of the Elias Park congregation, we just want to say thank you to the Moikloof congregation for welcoming us and having us to come and visit over the December period. It's really such a joy to be with you, and it's actually such a joy to be a part of one citywide church that meets in different congregations, worshiping the same faithful God. And so thank you for having us. It's really such a privilege, and so, yeah, it's just we're so happy to be here with you over the December period. So thank you again for opening up your doors and accommodating us. Now for us as a family, normally over December, we drive back to the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape to spend time with our parents and to spend time with our family. And as we drive back on the N1 through the Karoo, we normally reflect back on the year that has passed. And then as we reflect back on the year, we also start to plan for the year that is to come. We start to pray into the year that is to come. And as we look back over the past year, as we start to remind ourselves what God has done in and through us in the past year, our faith starts to stir because we see that God is faithful. We see what he's brought us through. And so we start to become expectant for what is to lie ahead. And I believe that that is what God wants to share with us this morning as well. He wants, to, wants us to take a moment to pause, to look back over the past year so that we can start to stir up our faith and to trust him because he's faithful for what is to come. And so by the time we get to our family in the Western Cape or in the Eastern Cape, our faith is stirred and we've got so much to be thankful for as we reflected back on the past year. And so then when we spend time with our family, we share our testimonies. We share what the Lord has done in us and through us over the past year. And then we also start to share that which we are trusting for, for the new year. You see, for us, the December period, this Christmas period, is a time of being with our family for loving and sharing. It's also a time for giving and receiving gifts, unwrapping presents. But this season, let's also take time to stop and unwrap the the, uh, the best present, the greatest present ever given, Jesus Christ, through whom we've all received and unwrap and receive eternal life. And so this morning, we're going to start our three-week Christmas sermon series titled, Unwrapping the Present. And this morning, I'll be sharing on Unwrapping 2023, as we look back over this past year and as we see God's faithfulness over the past year. And as a global family of churches, our major theme this year has been 
miracles. And if we look back over this past year, we see how God's hand has been so evident in our lives. And we've seen miracles after miracles happen, not only in our families, but in our congregation, in our citywide church, across the world, because He is faithful. And He wants to remind us of His faithfulness. You see, God is a faithful God. And He is faithful to His promises. And He is faithful to His people. And it's been this way since the beginning. And so this morning, let's read from Joshua 3 and 4 as we look at God's faithfulness over His people. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. It's the sixth book of the Old Testament. And as the name suggests, it's written as a record of Joshua's leadership of the people of Israel. So Moses was, came before Joshua. Moses led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. He led them for 40 years through the wilderness and then he handed over the leadership to Joshua, who then led the Israelites into their promised inheritance, into the land of Canaan. And this is where we pick up the scripture this morning, just before the Israelites are about to cross the Jordan River and enter into the land of Canaan. So let's read from Joshua 3, starting from verse 9. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, Hevites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth, which was a symbol of God's presence and was a symbol of God's power, this ark of the covenant of the Lord will go into the Jordan River ahead of you. His presence and his power will go ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters, stopped, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. This was a promise from God that he would dry up the waters of the Jordan and he would allow them to pass into the promised land, into the promised land. But he gave them this promise before they entered. He gave this promise telling him of what of the miracle that he was about to do to remind them of two things. To remind them that he is with them and that he is faithful to his promises. So he warned them and told them what was going to happen so that they would be reminded of his faithfulness and of his presence. Let's continue reading from Joshua 4, verse 1. So when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God, and into the middle of the river, into the middle of the Jordan." Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. 
In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off. Oh, sorry, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did to Joshua, the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. Joshua set up the twelve stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day, at the time of writing. And let's go to 21. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. What an incredible passage of Scripture. And I want to encourage you to go and read the whole of Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4. But we see here that in a moment, God parted the Jordan River, the one obstacle that still stood in the way of the Israelites entering their promised inheritance, the land of Canaan, just like he dried up the Red Sea when he saved the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And in this moment, the moment that they entered into the promised land, God's promise was being fulfilled. God promised Abraham 700 years before that he would save the Israelites and that he would give them the land of Canaan as their inheritance. 700 years. The Lord is faithful to his promises and the Lord is faithful to his people. And he wanted to remind the Israelites that he is faithful. He wanted to remind the Israelites of his presence and his power before they entered the promised land so that they would trust him and obey him when they received their inheritance. He didn't only remind them once they'd received, he reminded them before they received so that they would trust him and obey him wholeheartedly. Now again, when I was reading this, I kept wondering, now why would God have had to remind the Israelites that he is faithful and that his presence is with them. You see, out of the hundreds and thousands of Israelites that were about to enter into the land of Canaan, only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were part of the exodus that left Egypt. This was a new generation. This was a generation that was born in and that grew up in the wilderness. This was a generation that was probably familiar with God's presence. This is probably a generation that was familiar with God's power, with God's provision. And so because of their familiarity with God, they devalued his faithfulness. Because his faithfulness was the norm. They received manna in the morning, every single morning, six days a week, they received quail in the evening, every evening, six days a week. 
They were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I mean, can you imagine? Surely they would have known that God is faithful and that his presence is with them. But you see, their familiarity devalued his faithfulness in their lives, in their hearts. What about today? What are some of the things that we maybe take for granted? Because we receive them and experience them daily. What about the ability to see? The ability to hear, to walk, to worship, like what we're doing together this morning. Battles that we don't have to face because of the generation before us faced them for us. Are we also familiar with God's faithfulness? Or do we take time to stop, to look back, and to thank God for His faithfulness, for what He's done in our lives? So before the Israelites entered the promised land, God reminded them of His faithfulness, that He was with them just like He was with the generation before them. And He promised them that He would dry up the Jordan River just like He dried up the Red Sea for the generation before them. God is a generational God. He is faithful to the generations. Those that came before us, those that will come after us, God is faithful throughout the generations. And you see, so the Israelites, as they were about to enter the promised land, this generation, this Joshua generation, would have heard about the Red Sea passing. They would have heard about all of these miracles, but they would never have experienced it firsthand. But in a moment's time, they were about to cross through the Jordan River and experience God's mighty hand at work again. And now they too would be able to say, and I've witnessed it. God is faithful, and we've witnessed it. Us too, as a church, if we look back over the year, we will have, and we're going to do that in a moment's time, we too can now stand and say, God is faithful, and we've witnessed it. And so a new generation was now ready to enter into the promised land. And like I mentioned, I believe God, that God fulfilled this promise. God parted the Jordan River so that the Israelites would now go and trust Him and obey Him fully when they received their inheritance, no matter how unusual the command. They knew that He was faithful. And so after receiving this promise from God and after receiving the orders from Joshua to now go to the Jordan River and to enter the promised land, they got to the Jordan River only to find it in flood. And I'm sure they stood there and they thought, seriously? What now? We read in Joshua 3.15, the Jordan River is at flood stage all during harvest. The river was in flood. The one thing that prevented them from entering their inheritance was this massive obstacle now in front of them. But as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water, the water from upstream stopped flowing. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed through, while the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Talk about God's faithfulness. The priests got to the river's edge. They saw the river in flood. 
that knew the command, God said, trust me, cross the river. And in faith, they stepped into this mighty river that was in flood. And the moment that their feet touched the water, it dried up. Not a moment before, not a moment after. Talk about faith in action. The moment their feet touched, the river dried up and the whole nation passed through. Again, how many times this year has it not felt like we have been confronted with a river in flood? We've been trusting for breakthroughs, we've been trusting for miracles, we've been trusting for salvations, only to be confronted with what seems to be a seemingly impossible situation. But God says, trust me, I will make a way. I have gone ahead of you. Trust me. Obey me. And in preparing for this morning, I was reminded of, us, of, us, of us, um, something that happened in our lives many years ago. And this was just before we moved up from the Western Cape up here to Gauteng. And we were full of faith and we knew the Lord was bringing us up here for a reason. And we were like, Lord, we trust you. We know that you'll put us in the place where you want to send us. And so we were handing out Jesus' CVs to the schools, but we were very conditional about where we handed our CVs. So we said, God, wherever you send us, we'll go. But we only handed on our CVs in certain places, certain areas, certain towns, and nothing came. And a month later, we came back and we handed out the CVs again in different schools, but the same areas. We're like, Lord, we trust you. You are faithful. We will go where you send us. But there's one town, there's one place that we just don't really want to be in. And so we didn't hand our CV in there because we're like, oh, Lord, we really don't want to be there. Nothing came. And then ultimately, Jess and I sat to me and said, Lord, if it's your will and you want us to be there, we will go. And so that one morning, Jess handed in her CV to the school in this area that we really didn't want to be in. And we said, Lord, if it's your will, we will go. We will trust you. That afternoon, we got feedback from one of the first schools that we handed our CV into at accepting Jess's post in the, in the area that we wanted to be in. And I learned my lesson that day. God is faithful to his promises. We need to trust him wholeheartedly, not conditionally. You see, we so often trust God under conditions, under terms. But God says, trust me. It might not look how you plan it, but trust me. I will make a way. Next year, trust me. I will make a way. You see, the priests obeyed. They trusted God, and they stepped out in faith. And because of their faith, because of this act of obedience, the whole nation passed through the Jordan River on dry ground. Talk about God's favor. They didn't have to now walk through the river or try and swim through the river. The whole nation walked through on dry ground. The whole nation entered and received their inheritance because of God's goodness, because of his favor, because of his mercy. Talk about a faithful God. See, God made a way for them all to enter the promised land. And now they were all in the promised land, and I'm pretty sure that after being in the wilderness for 40 years, after receiving this inheritance, they must have been very keen to start to move on and to conquer the land and make the land their own and start to enjoy the fruit and the produce from the land. But they didn't. They stopped and listened 
and they followed God's command. They obeyed God. And he said to them, go and fetch stones from the middle of the river and create a memorial of thanksgiving for my faithfulness. You see, before they crossed the Jordan River, God told Joshua, he said, go choose 12 men, one from each tribe, but he didn't tell them what they needed to do. He just said, appoint those people. And he said what was going to happen, and that happened. And they went through the Jordan River, and they entered the Promised Land, and then it was only once they were in the Promised Land that God said to Joshua what these men needed to go and do, to go and fetch the stones from the middle of the river. And it was as if God was saying to Joshua, stop, look back. Look back what you have just passed through. Look back where you have just come from. Look back at what I've just saved you from. Remember my faithfulness before you start to receive your inheritance. Now you can trust me. I am with you like I've been with you in the past. We have come through a year where we have seen God's miraculous hand at work in our lives. We have seen God's hand move in and through our congregations, through our citywide church. Now let's take a time to stop, to look back, and to thank God for what He's busy doing in us and through us. You see, we can become so busy and so distracted that we forget to take time to stop and look back. Or we can become so familiar with His faithfulness, walking in His faithfulness daily, that we just simply don't stop and look back and be reminded of His faithfulness. Let's take time this Christmas season to stop and to look back, to stop and reflect back on God's faithfulness. When last did you stop and look back to see God's faithfulness and to celebrate it? Again, we had a moment last month after the baptism of our oldest daughter where we had an opportunity to just stop and look back at God's faithfulness over her life. So for those of you that know us and know our story, you'll know that um, we struggled for a long time to fall pregnant and things just didn't, weren't happening and we were trusting God for this, but it just didn't happen. And we went and saw doctors and the doctor's report came back and said that you will not fall pregnant. You cannot fall pregnant. That was the feedback that we received from the doctors. But one morning at church, we received two prophetic words from two different people saying, you will fall pregnant. And the one person actually said, in a year's time, you will be holding, holding your child. And a year later, we were holding our child. God is faithful to his promises. And we were reminded that God gave us this daughter, our daughter, oldest daughter Zara, as a gift to remind her too of his faithfulness so that she may too go and tell others of his faithfulness. Her whole life is a miracle. Our whole lives are a miracle. And so we were able to raise Dara in the way of the Lord so much so that she actually knows has a relationship with him and was able to call the Lord, her Lord and Savior. And she decided to be baptized as an act of obedience to her Savior being reminded of his faithfulness, what he did on the cross for her 2,000 years ago. Let's begin creating faith memorials in our lives, thanking God for his faithfulness. And even now in the service, we're going to have a time to unwrap 2023.
Let's look back and remember God's faithfulness over this past year. And so by a show of hands, who of you experienced healing in this past year? Look around. Who of you know of people that experienced healing in this past year? God is a living God. He is a faithful God. And he's asked us to go back and look back in the year and be reminded of the healing that has taken place. God is faithful. I know in our congregation we've had times and there have been these strange events where one after another kind of strange diseases or strange sicknesses have happened and funny eye things and this and that. And actually in our own family as well, in the same week, both one of my parents and one of Jess's parents had to go to the doctors for heart problems. These strange things happening. But you know what? God is faithful. And if we look back now, we see how God's hand has been over their lives, not only with our parents, but with so many people, even after having operations, how they've healed so quickly. Or how when they went for second opinions, there was nothing wrong. God had healed them miraculously. God is still faithful today. What about supernatural provision? Who of you received supernatural provision this year? <laughs> I mean, vehicles, work, just money being paid into your account. God is a faithful God, and He's faithful to His people. Let's remember what He's brought us through, provision. What about prophecy? Who of you have received a prophetic word that came, to, that came true in this past year? Amazing. I know we can testify of that as well. God's prophetic word coming to be because he's faithful. We have a story where one of the teachers at the schools where one of our children are, we know of other stories as well, where teachers have heard, have received prophetic word, and it came true this year. Do you know who gave the prophetic word? The children in their classrooms. God is faithful, not just to our generation, but to our children's generation as well. And we were reminded of that at the Go Conference. And it was so encouraging to have our children part of the Go Conference and experience God's faithfulness, stirring up this faith firsthand so that they may also trust and receive and glorify His name. What about pregnancies? Who of you know of someone or that, that fell pregnant in this past year or whose babies were born this past year? <laughs> God is faithful. He's faithful to his people. What about restoration in relationships? Relations that's, relationships that have been restored between husband and wife, between sons and daughters, parents, family. God is a faithful God. What about grace? Who of you have received God's grace every single day this past year? God is a faithful God. Let's create moments and memorials that we can be reminded of his faithfulness. Lastly, what about salvation? The greatest miracle of all. Who of you know someone that was saved this year? God is faithful. And he wants to use us. And he wants us to remember his faithfulness so that we can trust him as we go into the new year with an expectancy and excitement in our heart knowing that he will come and fulfill the job that Jesus set out to do. God is a miracle-working God. You see, He made His presence and His power known to the Israelites before they entered the promised land so that they would be reminded that He is with them, just like He is with us today.
and he is faithful today. There's a picture, and I'll go through this quickly. There's a, one of the things that reminds me of God's faithfulness is when I see a rainbow. Now, I know that the rainbow was given to Noah after the flood as a promise that, he, that God would not send a flood again, but sometimes I've come out of the deep, deepest, darkest places, and in a moment I see a rainbow and I'm reminded of God's faithfulness. And that first rainbow that you see there on the top left was at the beginning of the year, Jess and I took time out to just go and quieten ourselves and prepare our hearts for the year to come. And so we went into the mountains in the Western Cape and just to be still before the Lord, to pray into the new year. And that last morning, just before we packed up our bags to leave, we went for a hike through the mountains and it was just so beautiful and the Lord was so good. And the moment that we got to the top of the mountain, we saw that rainbow being reminded of God's faithfulness. The one on the right, top right, is again, I've seen many of these, but it's at work specifically. You've come out of a place where I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds in store. I don't know what next. And then God reminds me that he's faithful. Even the rainbow on the bottom left, on Friday afternoon when I was coming back from work, busy praying into this morning's service, busy praying into this morning's sermon, being reminded of God's faithfulness. The moment I drove into Pretoria, what did I see? A rainbow. God is faithful. And then the fourth picture that you see there is a picture of a rainbow. Not really. That's actually my desktop, but it's a cross-reference of the Bible. The lines that you see at the bottom are the chapters in the Bible, and every, every line that you see connecting the two is where the Word is confirmed, where it's cross-referenced between the Word of God. So not only is God faithful to us, God is faithful to His Word. And if you want to be encouraged, and if you want to stir up your faith for the new year with what God lies in store, I want to encourage you, go and read your Word. God's given us His promise. He is faithful to His Word. Let's not become familiar with the Lord. Let's not become familiar with His Word. Let's start to be expectant for the year to come. I know for us as an Elias Park congregation, we are moving into a new venue next year. We know the challenges that, are, that lie ahead. We don't know what next year holds in store, but what we do know is that God is faithful. He has brought us this far, and He will make a way for us. We simply trust and obey. We simply walk in obedience. He has gone ahead of us. Likewise, for you as a Moikluf congregation, I know that you are also trusting for several breakthroughs next year. I know that you are trusting for leaders to be raised, to go and plant churches. I know you are trusting for business partnerships to take place so that the kingdom may be advanced. I know you are trusting to grow your engaged culture. That's something that we're trusting for as well. Do you know what God says? Trust me. I've gone ahead of you. Simply trust me, walk in obedience. Look back how faithful I am. I'll be faithful in the future too. You see, the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of the Israelites. It went into the river ahead of them. God's power and his presence went ahead of them before they entered the promised land. God has already gone ahead of us and prepared the way for us. We simply follow in obedience and with thankfulness. And so after entering the promised land, the Israelites look back, remembering God's faithfulness. They had now received their promised inheritance. 
they had received God's promise. Do you know that 1,500 years later, another promise was about to be fulfilled? That which we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus was born, and he was baptized in the same Jordan River, very close to where the Israelites actually passed into the promised land, before he started his public ministry, and before he started and actually gave his life for us because of our sin. And so just like the flow of the river Jordan stopped to allow the Israelites to pass through and enter their promised land, Jesus' blood stopped so that we can pass from death unto life, so that we may too receive and be saved from our sin and receive an eternal life because he's gone ahead of us. He's already prepared the way. This is the greatest miracle of all. This is the greatest gift ever given, our salvation. And so this Christmas period, let's be reminded of this, that as born-again believers, because of the blood of Christ, we receive a new inheritance. We may receive eternal life. We are loved, accepted, forgiven, chosen. We have the right to be called his sons and his daughters because of what he's done for us, because of what he did for us on the cross, a memorial that will stand eternal. Let's not become familiar with the cross. And as we celebrate Jesus' birth and as we're reminded of Jesus' birth over this season, let's remember what his birth entailed and what was to come, the promises that were to be fulfilled through Jesus, the life that we may receive because of Jesus so that we may now go and advance his kingdom because of what he's already done, being thankful for what he has saved us from. Let's not become familiar Let's not become familiar with God's faithfulness. God is a faithful God. And so I hope and I trust that as you take a moment right now and also into the Christmas period, that you'll stop and look back over the year and be reminded of God's faithfulness. What He has brought you through this past year, where He has saved you from. So that we may have an expectation for, an expectation for what the future lies in store. And so I hope and I trust that we will receive and unwrap this gift afresh this season, being reminded of his faithfulness, being reminded of his goodness, so that we may have an expectation for the year to come. And let's take a moment now. I just want you in your seats just to close your eyes. And just quickly thank the Lord for what he's done in your life this past year. Maybe just pray two, two together.
Father, we thank you that you are faithful. Father, we want to say sorry for, and for the times that we've maybe just run ahead thinking that we can do this on our own, forgetting your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for moments that we can just stop and look back, being reminded of your goodness, being reminded of your faithful, being reminded that you are the living God, that you were there in the beginning when you created all things, and you're here today, and you will be with us tomorrow because you're faithful. Lord, thank you that we can trust you. And Father, I pray that as we take time this holiday to reflect back on your goodness over the past year, Lord, may you stir up a faith that we know man cannot give, that society that cannot give, that work cannot give, Lord, but may we have a faith and expectation to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, as we read the word, Holy Spirit, we ask that you'll continue to break the word open to us so that we may be reminded of the truth and that your spirit, the Holy Spirit, that you will empower us to go and share our confidence, our faith, our hope with those who have not yet received. And Lord, thank you that we can trust you for miracle upon miracle, for grace upon grace in the new year as well, because of your goodness. Jesus, thank you that you gave your life for us so that we may pass from death into life, not because of our works, but because of your love because of your mercy and because of your grace. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you did. Thank you, Lord, that you're resurrected, that you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here with us today, empowering us to go. Lord, you have not left us. You have not forsaken us. And if you're sitting here this morning and you feel, but sure, Lord, where were you this past year? I didn't celebrate anything now. The Lord says, trust me. I see you. I see your hurt. Maybe you're trusting for something and you feel the Lord is like hasn't seen you. And that maybe you're thinking it's because of something that you've done. I want to tell you right now that Jesus took it all on the cross. You can walk in his grace. You may receive his righteousness because of what he has done. He took our sin upon him so that we may receive his righteousness, so that we may be in right standing with God because of the blood of Christ. The Lord hasn't forgotten he sees you. And you know what? The Lord loves you and he's inviting you this morning to come and respond and to say, Lord, here I am. I cannot save myself. Help me. Maybe you've never made that decision in your heart before to, to follow the Lord. You, you know that you've done things against his will. You've sinned. You've fallen short of the glory of God and you don't know how to save yourself that you know that you need a savior. You see, the reality is we cannot save ourselves. That's why Jesus came. He is our hundred percenter so that, he, so that our sins may be forgiven because of what he did on the cross. And if you, if you want to surrender that this morning, you want to give your life to the Lord and say, Jesus, come and save me because I cannot save myself. Won't you just raise your hand in faith? If that's you. then Lord, we thank you that we are all saved by grace, that we may have the privilege to be called your sons and daughters. That Father, I pray that we will not take this for granted, but that we will be reminded of the inheritance that we have received, but we are reminded that there are people who have not yet received. 
And may that stir us to go, to go and bring and to tell the people about your promised inheritance, eternal life. But Lord, thank you that we don't go alone. Thank you that you are with us and that you empower us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationtwane.org forward slash moikloof. That's everynationtwane.org forward slash moikloof. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Hey!